Welcome to Stallside Podcast. Bart, how are you doing today? I'm good, Peter. How are you? It's a great day. It's a super fabulous day, and we've got a bit of a change attack again today, doing something different. We do, doing a little bit, uh, something a little bit different. We have an internship program here at Rudin Riddle, and these guys put in a lot. You know, hopefully it's a good exchange. They get uh, a launch pad to their careers. They get uh, um, some get to hang around some of the best farms, some of the best horses, and some great doctors here at Rudin Riddle, and. Um, you know, in, in exchange, they, uh, they they help us out during the season. Yeah, um, the interns need to realise how important they are to the functioning of the hospital because we do ask a lot of them, but this is sort of part of giving back, right? I mean, people have been good to us during our careers. Absolutely. And they showed us a lot of things. And so I think it's, um, beh- it's beholden on us to actually hand on what we've known because it's really hard to pack in so much in this profession and to learn everything from scratch. And it's good to be able to sort of say, hey, you know, I mean, I went down this road once, which I hadn't, or hey, this is what I did and it really helped me out and we had a good outcome because of it. So, I mean, part of what we do here is fix horses, but the other part we do is give back to the profession. And I think mentoring interns is one of the most important things we do because, you know, it's that rising tide lifts all boats and anything we can give back because we're in a privileged position, we have the numbers, we see stuff that other people don't. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really privileged to be here and this is part of why I'm here. I agree 100% that it's such an important part of what we do, that the, the mentorship and the, the teaching and the, just passing on some of the things we've learned it, it, it's it's important. Yeah. So, so we've um, got a bit of a unique mix. We have uh, Dr. Alexandra Kukorowski. Uh, she is a hospital intern that's uh, just started about 10 days ago. And we also have Dr. David Alexander, who uh, is in his second year of an ambulatory internship. And so it's great that he liked it so much the first year That's he decided right. to come back. Uh, but it's really going to be good to get uh, both of their insights on how Rude and Riddle helps them in their career and uh, their trajectory forward and uh, just what their take is on what the program is because we're going to ask them. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting seeing, seeing Alex's, um, what, what, she, what she's expecting versus yep. David, what he, what he was expecting, what he's seen. Yeah, that's right. And I'm sure that year has made a big difference to, uh, yeah. to how he sees the world. Absolutely. Well, let's bring him in and talk to him. I'm ready. Absolutely. And uh, so, yeah, uh, we're ready to go on stall side. Got a couple of interns. Let's talk. Why the podcast? Rudin Riddle Veterinary Pharmacy has a relatively small marketing budget, especially when you compare us with our competitors. I understand that marketing is important, but telling people that you exist and what you do and why your products or services are different is a must. I thought about what makes us unique, and I realized I wanted to give people something of real value. That's how the podcast idea evolved. I wanted to use the money we had set aside for marketing, not to tell people who we are, but rather to show them, to open up how we do things and give something of value at the same time. Content of this podcast is designed to do exactly that. It's not going to serve as a shameless plug for pharmacy products or services. We want you to know who we are, that quality is uncompromised, that we care about people and their animals. If there are specific topics that you would like us to cover or guests that you would like to hear from, please email us at stallside at rrvp.com. Hope you enjoy the show. Just one more note, nothing that we talk about here today should be construed as veterinary advice. That's why you have a relationship with your own veterinarian. Thank you for listening. Welcome to Stallside. We're here today with two very special guests. We have Dr. Alexandra Kukorowski and Dr. David Alexander. Both of them are interns at Rudin Riddle Equine Hospital. Alex, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Hi, I'm Alex. I'm from Maryland. Uh, I went to Penn State for undergrad and then Penn, uh, Penn Vet for veterinary school. And now I am here at Rudin Riddle doing a hospital internship. Excellent. How many, how long, how many days have you been here now? Uh, about 10. About 10 days. 10 so. very All busy right. days. So good deal. You can get... Uh, Work, work, work some of that out just a little bit. Yeah, we can cram a lot into 24 hours, can't we? Yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. We're glad to have you. Yeah, yeah. David, tell us about yourself. Um, so I grew up in Pennsylvania on my family's dairy farm. Um, I went to Gannon University for my undergrad, and then I did vet school at Lincoln Memorial University. Um, and I'm finishing up my first year internship here, and I'm staying for a second year with Dr. Friend. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So, uh, we'll start with you, Alex. Tell us about your decision to be a veterinarian and what uh, led you along that path and tell us about becoming a veterinarian. So, the floor is yours. So, growing up, I'd kind of been through all the different team sports, different hobbies, nothing just really stuck. So, I told my parents one day, I was about eight, said, I want to ride horses. My parents are like, okay, sure. So, I start riding horses. And of course, it was the most expensive and most time consuming hobby I'd tried yet. And it's the one that stuck. I was going to say, it's more expensive than a softball glove, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Not the lacrosse stick, not the voice lessons, it was the horses. So, I started riding and had been riding for a while. And one night I was at the barn, and one of the horses that wasn't mine choked. And that was the moment I decided I wanted to be a veterinarian. The veterinarian, Dr. Corcoran, uh, he came out. He saved that horse's life. I went home that night, told my parents, I'm going to vet school. I'm going to pen like Dr. Corcoran. And they said, okay, that's nice. I was 11 years old then. Yeah. Okay, sure. Do whatever you want. Follow your dreams, sweetie. Yep. Dreams came true. So I stuck with that. Um, never wavered. Always wanted to do equine. I started shadowing Dr. Corcoran uh, the summer after I graduated eighth grade. Continued that through high school. Went to Penn State. Awesome pre-vet program there. Had a great mentor, Dr. Jar there. She really took me under her wing, kind of got me into the programs I needed to, showed me along the way, and I made it to Penn Vet. Uh, from there, I still loved horses. Um, I was particularly interested in surgery and needed to find an internship program that was going to give me the caseload and the experience that I needed to be competitive for a surgical residency in the future and for my own education and now I'm here at Rudin Riddle. Talk to me just a little bit about the application process to go to vet school. Like how, how big was your class? How many people applied for those, those spots? And uh, what was the process like? So I'm probably not the best person to speak about the general application process because Penn State has an agreement with Penn Vet where they let uh, sophomore year students apply. So I applied completely out of the regular application process. Um, so I applied the June after my sophomore year, uh, went to Penn Vet, did a pretty informal interview with one of the missions directors and was accepted. Uh, so I only completed three years of college. Gotcha. So that, that's good to know that there are other avenues. Mm -hmm. And I think that's not that's not uncommon for a lot of vet schools to have programs that uh, accept people early like that. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, you must have done really well at what you're doing to actually be given that opportunity. So um, I think you'd be pretty proud of yourself. It was, uh, I knew it was an option and I went into undergrad and said, that's what I'm going to do. From day one, I told my advisor that's what I was going to do and I did it. So uh, I'm very happy to make that decision. Yeah. And so uh, being at PenVet, you know, it's a fairly storied program. Talk to us about that. A bit of a pressure cooker, made some great friends. I wouldn't describe PenVet as a pressure cooker. I think uh, 
it's a very collaborative space, especially among my classmates and I. People would post their study guides online for everyone to see. Um, so I would not describe it as a pressure cooker. Sure, it was hard. I mean, it's veterinary school. They're throwing a ton of information at you. It's all new stuff. you got to learn it. Um, you got to do well because you have hopes and dreams after veterinary school that you want to be able to accomplish. Um, but I really enjoyed Penn Vet. Had a great experience there. New Bolden Center was amazing. They're a large animal hospital. And I'm happy to have gotten my education there. Excellent. And uh, you mentioned about coming here for an internship. I mean, there's a lot of choice out there for internships. Uh, you mentioned about caseload. Um, what else drew you to Lexington, Kentucky? I love thoroughbred racehorses. So, of course, that's a big draw for me. Um, I'm particularly interested in orthopedics. So if you want to see OCD surgeries and condylar fractures and see a lot of them, this is the place to be. Excellent. David, uh, you had a little bit of a different uh, educational experience. Uh, tell us about your time at Lincoln Memorial University, um, how that is a little bit different than some of the traditional schools and the strengths that you found that that program had. Yeah, so I was actually um, the fourth class, I think, to graduate from there, so it was a bit of a newer program. Um, so our fourth year is a completely distributive model, so we don't actually have a teaching hospital at the campus. So I traveled around my entire fourth year from hospital to hospital, um, and I think that just really opened up a lot of different doors for me. The connections I was able to make, um, the people I was able to meet, and I was able to see the same procedure done 10 different ways by 10 different surgeons, 10 different doctors. Um, so I think it was just really valuable. Yeah, and that's one thing, um, somebody that we've had on a previous podcast, Dr. Steve Reed, said, different is not wrong. And that's something that you can, yeah, really get a lot of wisdom out of that statement. So you had a daring background, I sort of did too. How did you end up chasing horses when you had a daring background? Because usually the pull of the cow was strong. Yeah, no. Cows are, cows are cool. Oh, Dairy's, yeah. Dairy yeah. is awesome. Yeah, they're closest to an indestructible animal you'll ever meet. So what made you <laughs> what made you leave cows behind and chase horses? So food animal medicine was actually kind of my uh, original plan, just kind of going into everything. Um, I started showing horses when I was in seventh grade, I believe. Um, and there was an equine hospital pretty close to my house, uh, Cleveland Equine, uh, and Dr. Genovese, he does like a lot of lameness and stuff like that, and I was shadowing with him, um, and it kind of just took off from there, actually, and just kind of felt like second nature, um, and never looked back, so... Yeah, I um, I sort of had a daring background as well. And when I got to vet school, I sort of decided horses were large, dangerous animals. <laughs> that is confirmed every day of my working life yeah. ever since. But, yeah, there's a little bit of a challenge there, isn't there? Yeah. And so um, what made you come to Root and Riddle? Um, you know, so I, I decided to come here for one of my externships during my fourth year. Um, and actually when I came here, I didn't have any um, – I wasn't planning on applying for an internship here. didn't think I would end up here. Um, but I kind of just fell in love with it when I was here. It's like one giant family. Um, everybody was super supportive. Kind of what she was talking about, the caseload you see, um, just the resources that you have at your fingertips is amazing. Um, and it was just an opportunity I couldn't pass up. So Alex and David, you guys have two, diff two different internships, right? So D David's doing an ambulatory internship, whereas Alex is doing one that's that's more traditional in the hospital. David, what did you what have you found about doing the ambulatory internship that that is that is unique and and uh, that, that you enjoy? Um, probably the two most unique things. I think one is that you kind of find yourself out in these situations without your safety net. Um, I mean, obviously, I can call Dr. Friend anytime. He's always there to help. Um, 
but I, you know you're out there at three in the morning with a call like in the middle of a field um, and you have nobody else with you so that I think was kind of a unique situation the other thing too is just the interaction we have with the clients um, I feel like they're so knowledgeable and I can learn just as much from them as I can you know any of the doctors and stuff too and I think that might be a unique thing to Lexington itself um, but that's been super valuable so yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, round here, everybody sort of learns off everybody else. And, you know, there's a critical mass of expensive horses and people demanding services, and the services have grown up to um, provide those um, things to the people that want them, and everybody's just got better. So it is a little bit of a unique environment in that respect. So, Alex, um, you would have talked to some of the departing interns before you started. Um, any words of wisdom, uh, any guidance which you think is going to really help you along your journey? I think the biggest advice I've had so far is prepare yourself for the emergency that's going to come in overnight now. <laughs> so check everything before you leave. Be ready to go because you never know when that call is going to hit the door. Yeah, I always tell people you can't choose when you sleep, but you can choose when and if you eat. So make sure you've always got some snacks around. <laughs> Cheese and crackers go a long way. That's a good one too. So um, what does the future hold for you? Um, what would you like to do? I mean, you're with us for this year. We're all excited about it. You're going to get yourself sorted out and then the, the magic will happen sort of in the spring, but you're going to like get your foundation together now. What do you want to do when you grow up? Oh, well, when I grow up, I want to be an equine orthopedic surgeon. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me, a lot of learning, and this is the place to do it. So I'll probably be applying in the match uh, for residency coming spring, and then hopefully uh, either match for a residency or another internship program to really get that good foundation of knowledge behind me to be the best surgeon that I can be. Mm -hmm. So why don't you describe that residency program, what you expect it to be, what the, what's the program for becoming a, an equine surgeon? So the residency program is just a general large animal surgical residency. Uh, so I'll definitely be working with some cows and different kind of farm animals other than just horses. And uh, hopefully I'll have that opportunity and get to do that. Yeah, so how long is the, is the residency? Uh, so most residencies are three years um, for the residency portion. And of course this internship is one year. Uh, it's extremely rare that a student gets a surgical residency in large animal uh, just after one internship. So there is the possibility of doing a second internship, um, hopefully just a second. Uh, some people are doing three, four, five. Uh, but it's very competitive and seems to draw a lot of people to it. Yeah. How's about you, David? What does the future hold for you? You know, that's a really great question. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure yet. Uh, I definitely think I just want to go into practice after this, um, be an ambulatory practitioner mm -hmm. somewhere. Um, but where that is, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. But it's good to keep your options open, right? Yeah, because no, definitely. You, you'll be surprised where you end up. Yeah. And uh, you'll end up doing things you never thought you would do because I can certainly say that's happened to me because people sort of say, well, how did you, you end up here? And I say gravity. And this is what he <laughs> means. So I, just, I just fell into it, right? I mean, there's always somebody that opened a door or there was an opportunity that came about that you didn't know was going to happen. And then you just walk through it and all of a sudden you're at the next place and you're having fun doing that. And then you, you, know, you always leave happy, right? Never leave defeated, always leave happy and then just move on to the next thing. And before you know it, you're doing a podcast with Bart Barber and talking to two of the future hopes of the veterinary profession. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, David, if you could, if you could go back a year, what, how did you, how did reality match your expectations, and what were your biggest surprises along the way? Oh, I mean, 
it was completely opposite of what I imagined. Uh, kind of what you were just saying. This, if you would have told me this is where I'd be a year, year and a half ago, I would not have believed you at all. Um, kind of coming up through vet school and stuff, my original plan was to to pursue Ethereum residency. Um, and after doing my internship here, I just kind of fell in love with actually working and you know being out there doing stuff. Um, and the thought of like leaving that behind and going back into academia just kind of lost its appeal to me. Um, but no, it's my expectations have been completely blown away. It's been better than I could have ever imagined. Um, kind of like I said before, just the resources that we're presented with. Like uh, Dr. Friend likes to say all the time, this is a choose your own adventure. Um, <laughs> and it really is. I mean, it's, you know, we have some of the best doctors in the country here that you, they're at your fingertips. I can call anyone I want. I mean, you guys, I can, you know, I can give you a call if I have a question about something and everybody's always super happy to help. Um, People I've never even met that I've only ever talked to on the phone will talk to me, you know, forever about a case. Um, so it's been really good. No, and I think that's one of the huge advantages because I don't know how you – know, I'm still I'm graduated in 98, did an internship here. I still rely on our experts here all the time. I'll, I'll go see a case and I'll come back and I'll bring pictures or videos or just, you know, describe things. And I can walk the halls and I can see Steve Reed who wrote the book in – in equine medicine, John Hubble, who is, you know, world famous anesthesiologist, Larry, Larry Bramlage, all these guys, Pete Morrissey, it's uh, the list list goes on and on. So it's, it's a great resource to have that you guys will have for the rest of your lives. Also, after you leave here, you know, those, those relationships you develop here will, will exist. And uh, I think it's a great thing. Yeah, and you talked about a network. Well, you sort of become part of the network, right? And it's good. You know, like you talk to some um, former interns, right? I was talking to someone about 10 years ago, and she's uh, just bought her own practice, and she's got a family and all that sort of stuff. And I was just tickled. She just happened to say, actually, she'd listened to the podcast, just sent me a, a text. Say, oh, I listened to the podcast, and I'm going to call her up. And it was just such a great conversation because, you know, she's just happy. And, um, you know, we used to talk to her about cases, but um, you know, now she's sort of like moved on, bought her own practice now. And it's just great to see people go out and um, and do really well. So you're actually one year down and approaching your second one. How did the first 10 days at Rudin Riddle Equine Hospital go for you? Was it sort of like I jumped out of a plane with a parachute and I'm so close to the ground now it's too late to pull the ripcord? <laughs> or um, are you just sort of seeing something um, shiny in the future and uh, running towards it? I've loved every moment, but it also has felt like someone has opened up a fire hose at me. <laughs> and I just have all this information just coming towards me that I need to think about, need to remember, just to understand I've just been on anesthesia these past 10 days. So I went from kind of sitting in the background on rotations at school, learning about drugs, watching the anesthesia happen, to being the person in the room that has to keep that horse under anesthesia so that everyone stays safe and the surgery surgery goes successfully. So it's been a very busy 10 days, but I have learned so much in just 10 days that I did not know before coming here. Yeah, and this is one of these situations where the when you realize mother was always right because she said take small bites and chew your food, right? And so you've got this huge tsunami of stuff coming towards you, just like break it down, take bites. And you're sort of part of a hive, right? There's lots of bees in the hive, everybody does their job, but no bee wants to see another bee go down, right? And Absolutely. so you will be looked after. 
And Absolutely. That's, that's the thing. And that, you know, people think, oh, this is this huge practice and you just sort of get like caught up in the mill and you get ground under the wheel. But you're not because it's absolutely in the interest of everybody else that's here and especially us that you succeed in your internship and you succeed in the next phase in your career because you'll both be our best advertisements. When you go out and you're successful and you talk about mm-hmm. your experience here, that's we ha- how we have other good people come in. And so, yeah, I mean, everybody here has an open door. Everybody wants to see you succeed. I've had wonderful mentorship in the past 10 days, just from the anesthesia technicians to the uh, outgoing interns to Dr. Hubble. Everyone has answered every single question I've had and been so amazing. And Rolf Emerson will remember your name and what year you graduated from the internship forever. Yeah, it's actually, um, it's borderline annoying um, because he'll actually just go around the room like AEP, you have this sort of, you know, like the, almost the rude riddle homecoming. It's, you know, homecoming's like a really foreign experience to me, but I sort of get it when everybody comes home. And he will just go around the room. He'll say, oh, that's so-and-so, you were here such and such a time like this. And it is uncanny how he remembers everybody. It's fabulous. It's, yeah. it's, it's neat to watch. Yeah, it's pretty scary, actually, because yeah. how do you remember that many people? I mean, you know, I just, what's your name again? You know? <laughs> <laughs> That was one of the things that stuck out to me about Rune and Riddle when I was going and looking at practices for my internship was how much you loved your past interns. I think that's super unique to hear. That's good good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And actually speaking about um, past interns, Dr. Barber here, I mean, like, look at the success that you could have in your career. I mean, it's absolute role model for everybody and everything right here. Yeah. So I wasn't much different than David, right? I grew up on a cattle ranch in Idaho. And uh, I loved horses. I I love farming. My dad kicked me off the farm. He said, you know, I'm the last generation to work on this farm. Mm. And then he let my brother come back. And that's that's a sort of (laughs) (laughs) He kicked me off the farm. So I thought, I thought. Favorite son. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, get me out of the way. I thought veterinary medicine was was a close second to to agriculture, which I loved. And, and, uh, you know, I was, I was walking across the parking lot and dr mushtaq memon who was a mm-hmm. theurgenologist at uh washington state at the time i think he he had some mail in his hand he just gotten his mail and he was looking to unload something and he goes he goes hey here's this uh flyer from rudin riddle they're doing an internship he said i think you ought to apply and i go really i never never thought about it and uh so anyway i i, I applied i got the internship and i i told my wife i said you know worst case scenario get to kick around on some of the nicest thoroughbred farms in the country for a year and i was the i was the cynthia gutierrez and i were the first uh ambulatory interns at, mm. at rudin riddle and I, I told my wife i said you know we'll be there a year and it was 20 <laughs> 20 something years well you ago. have been here for one year 20 something times <laughs> yeah yeah you think you'd learn wouldn't you exactly and, and the the internship was it was a was a fabulous experience it, re- it really was you get your eyes open like david said there's there's i mean i've made so many good close friends and had so many influences that aren't necessarily veterinarians and uh you, you know I've, I've got a family outside of uh, outside of my own family that uh that, that care about you and and you just you because it, it, it's unique here because it's so concentrated and you just you get the, the people are so important to you yeah i think that's a really good point i mean coming in from the very outside um yeah it's it's um can be a difficult place to break into but um you sort of prove yourself and people are very supportive because ultimately everybody realizes you're on the same team and that's yeah. the team of the horse 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And people do care so much about the horse. So. They do. They, they really do. People genuinely care. And, you know, you mentioned about sort of clients and, yeah, a lot of people are very focused on doing the right thing. And that's very heartening. So, so Alex, I, I think some of our listeners might be interested to know what advice you would give to mm. uh, the 11-year-olds out there who want to be a veterinarians, or maybe they're 17, 18, 19, who want to be veterinarians. What advice would you give them? What do they need to work, focus on? First and foremost, go for it. If you love it, go for it. Don't let anyone hold you back. Second, get as much experience as you can. Figure out that, yes, this is what I want to do. So I started shadowing uh, Dr. Corcoran, an equine ambulatory veterinarian, during high school summers, go around with him a few days a week. Awesome experience. And then during college, I uh, started working as a tech at a small animal practice. So get some varied experience, get a lot of experience, make sure you love it, go for it. All right. David, how about you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, kind of, a, I think along those same lines, don't, don't look back. Don't let anyone tell you different. Um, you know, if you know that that's what you want to do and that's what you love and you can't see yourself doing anything else, then go for it. Because there are going to be people, you know, that tell you you can't do it or things are getting your way, but keep on keeping on. Yeah. And I, I think it's important to emphasize how important, you know, th those first couple of years of, of college are because those those grades never go off your transcript, <laughs> no, matter, no matter what you want to do. So you got to, you got to, I think you have to start focused right from the be beginning. And so when you guys say go for it, what I, what I take that to mean is, is you got to be serious about it and you got to hit it hard and, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's 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 com it's still competitive. It's a very competitive school to get into. You're right. Yeah, you have to be focused because yeah, I think for a lot of people, a veterinarian is sort of like a bit of a halo sort of career because you know a lot of people have uh, very focused on animal welfare or you know as people have become more urbanized, you know these sort of pets become more part of their family and so the moral status of the animal has actually increased and so a lot of people are looking and saying you know how can I be part of that? And you're right. I mean. To Bart's point, I mean, you've got to really be focused on your grades at a time when you may not necessarily know what you're going to do, but you just want to make sure whatever you're doing, you're doing it as well as you can because you're right, you can't make those things up yeah. if, if things are wrong. And I think keeping an open mind is important because just because you have a vision of what you want to do, I, I expected to be working on cows in Idaho. Yep. And I kept an open mind, you know, and we had Bill Root on the show who, mm -hmm. who really, uh, if, if you'd have known him when he was young, being an equine veterinarian is probably the last thing that he or anybody yep. around him expected. And so there's, there's some, um, there's, there's just lots of opportunities in, in veterinary medicine. And you're right, you don't know what you're going to do. And when I was sort of at vet school, right, I came from a cattle background like you. If you told me that I was living in another country, um, had spent many years I was in the residency system where I was faculty um, at PenVet um, and again if I had actually been working on horses I would have sort of said you just yeah nah <laughs> right and so yeah and this is just where you ended up that goes back to um, the opportunities this profession provides it's taking me around the world I've gone to countries and never would have gone I mean I've been to India I've been all through Europe I mean th this profession has just taken me so many places I never would have thought I would have got to so um, yeah we're happy with our lot but we're so slightly envious about you guys just starting on this journey because it's all going to open up for you. Yeah, very excited for you both and um, appreciate you being here on the show with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so is there anything you would um, tell us or the practice um, how to make your journey a little bit better? Uh, no, I mean, I feel like you guys are already doing a great job listening to us. Um, I know there's, you know, steps that 
uh, for the ambulatory internship that they're working on improving to not improving but making some changes and I think the fact that they're you know even listening to us and talking to us about that that's huge and I think that is what sets our program apart from others um, is that they're willing to make changes and, and make improvements every year so yeah Alex in your 10 days of pure terror anything that we should have done differently I don't I can't think of anything off the top of my mind, but... Uh, Give it a year. I do think... <laughs> <laughs> Give it a week. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they definitely have made uh, that conversation open just in the 10 days I've been here. They're like, what What do you want to change? What do you want to do better? And they've also kind of let us as an intern group have a little bit of autonomy about how we want to kind of structure ourselves and how we want to work with each other, which is wonderful too. Right, and I, I think one of the things that we've learned... Um, is that you don't have to work 100 hours a week during your first couple of years to, mm -hmm. to, to prove yourself. And I, I think that's happening in, in human medicine too, right? Where they're, where they're going, hey, that's, that's maybe not the best learning environment. And so I, I think things are changing in veterinary medicine. Um, you know, certainly as some of the demographics change, I th and I think we're getting a little bit smarter about how we, how we do things that, um, you know, that, and, and there's, there's a lot of talk in veterinary medicine about um, life and work balance, and uh, those are good conversations. Yeah, and the pandemic, I think, has really brought that to a point as well, that people suddenly realize that, you know, through no fault of my own, I may not be around anymore, and the people I love may not be around anymore, and so I think it's people starting to focus a little bit more on mental well-being. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, thank you guys for your time. Uh, we've been here with uh, Drs. Alexandra Kukarowski and Dr. David Alexander. Uh, they've given us their time and their insight into the internship program at Rudin Riddle. We're thrilled that they're both here. And that's a wrap on Stallside. See you next time. <laughs>